If you have not read social media, uh, the, the Facebook page, if you have not read my Facebook page, if you have not read or had seen Instagram and you are not signed up, you should sign up for the email newsletter. And this is a good reason why. You need to sign up for the email newsletter because on the email newsletter and on Facebook and on Instagram, I announced that I am going to retire. I'm resigning. I'm resigning as the lead pastor of River City Church. And so Brian's going to come up and tell you a little bit about that. Man, I thought you were going to do much more than that, Antley. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't ready for that. but um, you, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this. This is a, it's a tough morning for a lot of us. Um, and I might not look at Antley, and it's not because I don't like him, but because it's also tough for me, and it may be tough for some of you too. Antley has done an incredible job of ushering us into some amazing moments at RCC. I mean, it's just been amazing. Go ahead. You can. I don't know if I've ever heard of a church that was so big-hearted and opening and welcome to people who had brokenness in their lives, to marriages that were about to fall apart, to people who had been eaten up by the things of this world but could find a place to call home at River City Church. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen a pastor that has ushered people who can struggle with doubt, who, people who can struggle with, with sin and addiction, of people who can struggle with so many different things in life, and a pastor that just says that in this house, you're welcome. And in this house, we're going to love you, and we're going to care for you, and at the same time, being a place that like, people who are broken and jacked up could come in and find safety, that those of us who have experienced healing, that we would be encouraged in a way that we could walk in power and in truth and in love, that both things could happen simultaneously under one house, speaks to the type of leader that Antley is. He's a super special one. And so we're going to have many days and many months where we're going to get to celebrate all the things that he's done. Um, and so today, we're not going to try to cram everything into just one session. But I do want to say a few things this morning on behalf of the elders. Uh, the first thing is, is, to, is to Laura and to Chase uh, and to Cole and Jemima and Blake and Grace, uh, your family. As a pastor's kid, I know what it means to have a dad in ministry. And I can only imagine what it is to have a husband in ministry. And I just want to say thank you for all of the sacrifices that you have made as a family to just accept the call that your dad and that your husband had. As a church, we're incredibly grateful for what your family has done in this city and beyond. It's pretty impactful. Thank you. (laughs) 
And I also, on behalf of the elders, just need to say a couple of things. In, in the wake of so many, you know, top leaders resigning over the last few years for a whole number of issues, let me be clear about one thing when it comes to Antley, is that we, he's not resigning because of any sort of moral failure. He's not resigning because he was fired. There's no animosity between our elders and Antley. Uh, no, we, when we found out the news, we, we grieved and then we celebrated the things that Antley has done. We affirmed the decision that, that Laura and Antley have processed and that they have sought guidance and, and counseling on. Um, and then we began this process of recognizing that in the kingdom of God, succession is biblical. And that the kingdom of God has been rapidly advancing from the beginning of time until now. And it's only natural that succession takes place. And so we see in the Old Testament, we see things like things going from Moses to Joshua, and we see all the way throughout the Old Testament and into the New Testament, and we see that succession takes place from Jesus to the disciples, and it did it to the generation before us, and it's done it to us now. And so succession is biblical. And so we honor that, and we recognize that. Um, maybe we, we weren't ready for it to happen today, but we understand that this is part of what God does. So here's to what's next. As an elder group, as a staff, and as a church family, we encourage you to join us in seeking God's guidance, his voice, and his will for this next season. We're going to be gathering together because this is what happens when you have big news and transitions like this. So we're going to be having a town hall soon. That announcement will be coming, and it'll be a time for us to be able to process this as a church family. We're going to discern what God is doing by having an advisory team of women and men from our church that'll help us process this transition and the succession from Antley to whoever God elects next. We're going to trust as a family that the adventures that God has called us on are not coming to an end, but they're going to continue because this is who God is and this is the work that he's doing in our family. We're going to be committed to unity Whenever we have a change in leadership, I think it's an opportunity for the enemy to come in to bring division and distrust, but that's not going to be who this family is. This family is going to stay united because we understand what God has called us to do, and we're going to continue to be a part of that business. For our staff and for the, for the rest of us in this church family, things are going to continue as is. So the uh, Antley's not leaving his leadership today. He's still the leader of River City Church. He's a leader of River City Church tomorrow and this next week, and he's going to be with us for some time. So there's no change in leadership. So with that in mind, we're going to continue on with the work and the ministry and the life that we had planned for this week and next week, and we're going to continue in that vein. And so I'll close with this. It would be normal for us to expect changes and challenges and opportunities in the days ahead of us. But we're going to tackle those with faith and hope, transparency and love. I know that much will be expected of us in the season ahead. But we can be confident that we can handle this with God's grace. Would you join me in praying for Antley before he comes back up? Yeah, dude, we just got to pray for you, man. Come on up here. After. No, no, we're going to pray right now, then you can go ahead. All right, we'll go short. God, we just thank you for Antley. We thank you for the years that he's dedicated to advancing your kingdom. 
God, we thank you for the healing and the hope that's come through his ministry. God, we thank you that we have many days ahead to celebrate the, the work that he and his family have done. We ask that you would just bless them and love them. God, we honor the work that you've done through your son. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, now that uh, Brian's taught um, 90% of what I was going to teach on, that's okay. You know, and uh, it feels like I'm dying based on the things that have been said. I promise I'm not dying. This isn't a trick. I'm not dying. I'm excited of um, being with you for the next 48 months and celebrating and walking with you through this transition. Um, the elders have assured me that I will be getting a large 25% raise each of those years or months that we continue. No, we don't know how many months I'm going to be here. Um, but what we do know is that I will not leave until it's, the plan is in place, we have someone in place, whether that's a lead pastor or someone that we've equipped and prepared to lead the church. Um, it's too important. Succession, like uh, Brian was saying, is a dangerous thing. But, um, but it's also an opportunity. It's an exciting opportunity for us to become the church that God has created us to be. I want, to tell, I want to talk a little bit about, even though I wrote it in my amazing, I, made, I wrote an amazing letter, okay? It's, it's amazing. It's, it's flipping awesome, okay? Made Laura cry, made the Harmons cry. I was reading it back through, and I almost cried, you know, but when you cry your own letter, that's just, okay. It's amazing. It's, we put some out there on the foyer, okay, out there on the welcome table. If you, do, if you have not read it, you need to read it, because it's awesome, okay? I had a little help. Okay, so... I just want to, I want to walk through this a little bit, and, and I, you know, in the letter, in the letter I said something, whenever I say a joke, what's supposed to happen? Roaring laughter, okay? So that's the way I deal with grief and pain, and so those things, and so um, here we go. If I say a joke, laugh. Okay, so I'm not stepping down because I'm angry, because I'm hurt, because I'm frustrated in any way with RCC. I love RCC. I love my job. I love preaching. I love doing marriage counseling. I love shepherding you. I love worshiping you. Uh, not worshiping you. Worshiping. Good. That was. I love worshiping with you. You know, I'm sitting over there and I'm like, how? Well, how am I going to survive? You know, without this. You know, I love worshiping. I love Sunday mornings with you. We've always said we want Sunday morning to be like a date night, a date night with God where we get refreshed, filled up, and uh, just experience his love. And, um, you know, and so, oh, one more thing. Jemima is staying. Jemima's staying. Yeah. Right? Jemima, you can't stand, you can't, Laura's in the back row. You're, Cole and Jemima, okay, it's too dark. Don't be getting emotional. Jemima and Laura, you can't see each other. Okay. Um. But like every job, there's struggles, right? There's struggles, there's trials, there are triumphs, and it gets hard. But none of that has anything to do with why I'm stepping down from RCC. None of it. Um, and the people, the staff, and the elders are our spiritual found, uh, family. And we have not... We are not stepping down because of any of them. We're not stepping down because there's something up with the staff. 
the elders I'm angry at, the MLT, none of that. None of, no reasons. Or the finance team, none. We're doing our budgets today. And if there was a reason I was going to leave, I'd be, I had to do a budget. That is a train wreck. Oh, my goodness. The fact that we had, didn't have a finance team for 13 years and survived, or 12 years and survived, I don't know. But um, all, 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 all of them, we're going to continue doing what we're doing. The kingdom of God is going to continue to move through us, and we're going to move with excitement, um, like Brian said. I'm stepping down um, because Laura and I believe this is best for the RCC family. I'm just not saying that. We really do. We pray a lot about this. You know, this is a new season for RCC. We're potentially getting ready to move to a new space, but if we don't move to a new space, this is still a, a new season that we're moving into. And the reality is, is I am a starter. I am great at starting things. But on the back end, or maintaining, is not, it's not, I'm not good at that, okay? So I, like, do metrics with people and then never follow up, you know, because I got, I got new metrics to do with another person, and I'm just not, like, it's not going down. And so I'm a pioneer, adventurer. I love taking risks. I love quick, making quick decisions. I love all of those things that happen when you start something up. And I love that. I love that whenever we started River City Church. It was so fun. And it's still fun today because there's lots of things that I've been able to continue to start and be a part of building. Um, but the skill set that's required uh, when you move into a middle season or, you know, 13, 14, 10, depends on when you get there and, take, and takes you to the end is a very different skill set. It's a very different gifting. And I don't want to be that pastor that just hangs on, that stays too long. I love our church too much. I love you too much. And I wanted to uh, honor the Lord uh, and, and leave when I felt like he was calling us to leave. And that's what we're doing. And that's what we prayed about. You know, there's, there's a lot of things um, uh, that, that, that I, like I said, I love about this church. But, but with that love comes a burden. And that burden is beautiful. But the burden is heavy at times. It's costly at times. And uh, in the Old Testament, the, um, there was a succession plan with the priests in the Old Testament. And they would transition out of their role when the burden of carrying the ark became too heavy for them. And they would pass it on. And that's what's happening. The, the burden, the beauty of leading River City has also become a burden that we need to step out of as a family. And we need to hand it off. Because there's someone else who God is calling to carry that into the next season. And, and again, we are excited for that person. We're excited for you. We're ex our expectation is that God is going to move in power in a way that he never has. And that, again, everything is going to continue, but not just in a static way, that we are going to grow. The kingdom of God is going to continue to take back what the enemy has stolen. That's what we've always been about, and that's what we'll continue to be about. I've been in ministry uh, almost 28 years now. I've never done anything else, ever. And, um, and so, like, it's going to be a little different. I think we don't know uh, what we're doing next, so we appreciate your prayer and that process. Um, as things come up, we're going to run those down and just see what those opportunities turn into. But I will not, I will not be moving in any, into any kind of leadership role within a church or within a ministry. We really feel like God is calling me out of vocational ministry and into a ministry uh, in the world, uh, but still into ministry. This January, when I turned 50, 
I know, in the letter I said I look like 32. Well, it might be, I meant 20, 22. But um, it was a typo. It's the only typo in my magnificent letter. And, um, and uh, the Lord put a, a prayer on my heart that he never had before. And, the, and what I began to pray was, Lord, how do you want me to leverage my life for the last third of it? The last third of my life, how do you want me to leverage it? In the church, I would love to continue to stay in the church or outside of the church. And Laura and I just wanted to be obedient. And so that was what we began to pray for. And, and we, we agreed that if it was in the church, it didn't matter about my health. It didn't matter about the sacrifices. It didn't matter uh, about our family. That, that our priority would be to be obedient, trusting the Lord with all of those things. Um, but as we began to pray, we began to hear the Lord say to us and speak to us about leaving. And the heart, this is the primary reason that um, we're stepping down along with the season of River City Church. You know, I've struggled all of my life, and it's, it's ironic, I've struggled all of my life with receiving the Father's love, experiencing the Father's love. I'm adopted, and I have wounds in that area. And it's ironic that that is the primary thing that I've taught on for these last 14 years. By far, it's our like super pillar, we used to call it. And it's always been something that I've struggled with. And I haven't, I haven't lost my first love, but I felt like I'm losing it. I'm losing it. But thankfully, he loves me too much to let that happen. And so, when we were beginning, one of the first things the Lord showed us was a picture of me running into his arms and weeping. And he said to me, Antley, whatever decision you make, I'll be with you. But this relationship, our relationship, has to be the deciding factor of what you choose. And so that began to lead us, and we began to hear people confirm that. And just in the last two mornings, I'm going to let you read. There's two testimonies, or two, just, um, I got these texts right when I woke up in the morning, just kind of confirming again what we believe God is doing, or why he is doing it. It says, you were on the beach, that's me, the sun on your face, as you were looking at the ocean, the beach was crowded with people, and some commotion started to happen, but God was calling you to go surfing, go out, go out surfing. As the commotion was happening, you were tempted to hang around to take interest in it, but as you paddled out, you left the commotion behind, excited and at peace to simply be out surfing in God's presence. Now, what you don't know is that when I imagine dying, when I imagine Going to heaven, the image that I have is like on a New England beach, there's a white house, and there's like a cliff down to the ocean, and Jesus meets me, and we go surfing. We go surfing. It's amazing, right? And so, again, hopefully this is not about my death, (laughs) but it is about me dying to something in my life that my identity has been wrapped up in, And, and the Father is saying, no, no longer, I love you too much. I'm taking you out of the environment where you're struggling to find your identity in me. The second thing um, that I got was 
I was reminded of a picture I got for you a while back of you in the back of the room like a tunnel and your scope and vision had become so small and limited and felt like God was wanting to propel you forward and give you vision, restore, give you new breath. Last night, I felt him saying he wants to bring you back to him, your first love, and let all the ministry and stuff fall away and just have you, just you. And those are only two of many things, many words, many encouraging things. When we met with our city group to tell them, ask them to pray for us, there was 10 people there in our city group. And they love us. They've been walking with us for 10 years. And they're, they're great friends. And every single one of them said, this is right. This is what the Lord wants for you and your family. We don't want you to leave the church and lead, leave leading the church, but we want what's best for you and what God's doing. And this is what God's saying to us, all for different reasons, all very, well, most of them were generous, some of them were just like mean, just straight up mean, (laughs) trying to draw a point, make a point, Um, and so uh, I say all this um, because this is the truth, okay, we're not hiding anything, this is the absolute truth, because we know in the absence of truth that people will make up their own. We want everything to be in the light so that the Lord will bless RCC as we are honest. We trust that he, as we honor him, he trusts, we trust that he will bless us. And as things move forward, we will continue to be transparent and open. So don't ask the staff, don't ask the MLT, don't ask the elders, what's the true story? Don't, don't do that. That is exhausting and puts us in a comp- it makes us uncomfortable. And it just takes up time we don't have, people. Okay, so this is it. This is the truth. There's no reason to ask any other questions, okay? And so, again, and this is what the enemy will do. The enemy will want you to go there, to think that there's more. The enemy will want to deceive you, deceive us. But don't be tempted to live out of fear. But what if this happens? But what, what, what about who is going to do this? But what about when this is... No, that's, that, but, 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 that's the enemy getting his butt in our business. You know what I'm saying? His big old butt's getting in our business. And you have to be the one to shut it down. You have to be the one to shut it down. I can say it from the front, but it needs to be a decision from you to shut it down. Because shut it down. Shut, shut that thing down, right? Shut it down, okay? We have to choose unity, okay? We, just, we, we can't just pray for this process, okay? We are going to have to act. We are going to have to behave and choose a certain lifestyle, a certain way that we work together, live together. Ephesians 4, 1 to 3 says this about unity. Unity. Okay, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a way, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. So we're to, this is what this says. We're supposed to walk out what you believe that's consistent with who you are. 
You are the church. You are part of God's family. You are to represent Jesus, defend Jesus, and love Jesus, which means protect his church from division. That's our role in this. How and how do we walk this out? It says that we are humble, that we are gentle with each other, that we are patient, patient with each other, that we will bear with one another in love. And why? For the sake and the purpose of maintaining unity. We have to choose truth and not gossip. Romans 16, 17 to 18 says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them, for such persons do not serve our Lord, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. Okay, so this is what's going on in, in, in Romans here, what Paul's saying. He's saying, watch out for these people. You need to avoid these kind of people. Don't be around these kind of people. Don't be, don't be like buddying up and talking to them and just hanging out with them because they, you need to avoid them. You need to avoid them because these are people who are not humble. They are not gentle. They are not patient. They, they are not bearing with one another, okay? And, and, and this is what you've been taught. Paul's saying, this is what you've been taught. This is what you know to do. This is what they're not doing. So avoid them. Don't be with them. And when you hear people starting to gossip and talk smack and just put down the church or the elders or the leaders, be like, peace out, I'm avoiding you, boom, and walk away. Tell them, like, this isn't acceptable. This is contrary to who you are. This is not who Christ has made you to be. We are his children and to defend his bride. You're not talking about people when you gossip. You are talking about the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ. Now, if you were messing with my wife and you were talking bad about her, I will come after you. I, I will throat punch you. I will get you in some UFC hold. I'll choke you out. I don't know what I do. I might get you in an arm bar and snap your elbow or something. I don't know. I will do to you what Abib did to Conor McGregor last night. Praise the Lord. Okay. And, and, and this is the thing. This is how they'll do it. Smooth talk. Flattery. Oh, this sounds good. They, they'll talk well about you. Oh, yeah, you're so awesome. You're in leadership in the church. Man, that's amazing that God called you there. It's so cool. Like, what kind of things do you know that would be good for, for me to know so I can pray? Right? I just want to pray. I need to pray for you, and I need to pray. So tell me what's up. Right? That's how they roll. That's how deceit works. Their goal is to deceive you. Their goal is to deceive you. The enemy is the deceiver. You don't want to be the deceiver, right? You do not want to be that person I'm talking about. You do not want to be the deceiver. You want to be the unity person, right? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Just quick raise it. Thank you. Thank you. Five, six, seven. See, this is why I'm stepping down right there. <laughs> Type unity YouTube and you'll see what I'm talking about, okay? Now, lastly, choose Jesus not fear. Okay, Ephesians 5.25 says this, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, 
having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he, he might, be pres- might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. One of the hardest things for us to do is going, is, is going to believe that Jesus is truly in control. That he is truly leading this process. That he is, this is really his church and that he really will protect her. It's been one of the hardest things for me in this journey of stepping down. It's been my pride. And, and just being afraid of what would happen to RCC if I stepped down. I come home from work. After we felt like the Lord was leading us in this direction, I'd say, honey, there's no way I can leave. There's just no way. Not because of anything that, you know, the staff was doing or not doing, the elders or whatever, but I just felt this, this struggle. And I, and I would think in my head, I'd just be thinking and feeling, what about all the sacrifices I made? What about all the, the sacrifices my family made, my marriage, and all these things? Like, what, if, I, if, I let, if I back up all those sacrifices for nothing, what in the world? Now, that's jacked up, isn't it? Like, that is pride at its max. That is like pride out the wazoo, okay? But, and I knew in my mind, well, that's not true. Like, theologically, I know that is absolutely not true. I know that this is Jesus' church. But this was real. And this was, this was preventing me from really moving through and stepping down. And so, um, one day, one day, when I was praying, I was telling God all this, you know? I was saying, I know this, but this is how I feel. I feel like this. I feel like, what about my sacrifice? What about this? What about all of these sacrifices that I've made? And he said... And this is Jesus. I saw a picture of him on the cross. Now, when I say picture of him on the cross, just in my mind's eye, I just get this glimpse of something um, and see him. And he says, Antley, this is Jesus, Antley, I have made the ultimate sacrifice for RCC. She is my bride, and I will take care of her. And immediately, I, um, I felt this freedom that just washed over me. And I was able to let go. And I knew at that point, along with all the other things, that Jesus was saying, trust me, trust me. Trust that this is my church. He didn't condemn me. He didn't get angry with me about my pride. He just reminded me that RCC was his and that I was a part of RCC. And in the same way that he would take care of RCC, he would take care of me. He would take care of my family. I had to trust Jesus to step down into what he had next for me. Step down from pride step down from fear. I had to step down step to step into what was next. Our concern, our worry, our fear for the church, I believe, comes from a good place. 
because we love RCC. We've been transformed by RCC. We've seen God do amazing things at RCC. And so we love RCC. And, and that is a good thing. But we need to pray. We need to pray when that wells, that fear comes inside of us. And, and even though we know in our head whose church it is, when we feel that fear come in us, we need to pray and trust Jesus. Remember the words of his scripture. Stand on the principles of truth, not how we feel. The enemy wants you to be afraid in this season of finding the next person to lead RCC. And so we all need to trust Jesus to get together. It's his church. And Jesus will put together the right team to find the right person. He'll put together the right team in this transition to lead our church to the next place. Christ loved the church. This is Ephesians 25. I wrote, I wrote this. I wrote this at the end of my awesome letter. Okay? It's out there. It's all over the web. You can go see it for yourself. Like it. Tweet it. Okay. <laughs> Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her. At the end of my awesome but sad letter, I quoted this part of Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. I said, let's pray together. An expectation that he is going to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power that is within us. Now, that's Ephesians 3.20. I didn't include 3.21. This is the full verse, Ephesians 3.20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at the work within us. To him be the glory in the church. And in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. This full verse, this is amazing. This full verse shows us that why is he doing far more abundantly than all we ask and think according to the power that is within us. So that he, Jesus Christ, will be glorified in our church. Why is he giving us power? Why is he giving us this abundance? Why is he going to give us more than we can think or imagine? So he will be glorified. So he will be glorified in RCC so that one day he will bring us to himself without blemish and he will hold us up and we will share his glory. We will share his glory. This is amazing. This is why we need to honor him. This is why we are praying for power so that he can do more abundantly in us so that he will be more glorified through us. This full verse shows that when, I mean, when, when we talk about being glorified, it means that we show the world how beautiful he is. We show the world the weight of his glory, the, the magnitude of his love, you know, and people are drawn to it. People are drawn to his church when he is glorified. And so we do. We pray for power. We pray for unity. We pray against gossip. We pray against division. And we pray that the Lord would be glorified. That is the reason we exist as a church. That is the reason that you exist. So that God would be glorified in your life. That God would be glorified in your family. And that God would be glorified in this family. You know, we will appear before Jesus as a church. And we want his words well done, good and faithful servant. We want those words to ring over us. But it will be difficult and we will have to work with each other and we will have to love each other and at times we might have to confront each other. 
I got this text this morning. It says, good morning. As I was groaning in prayer for us this morning, I heard, this is a hard yet necessary struggle for us all. I believe, I believe we will grow and mature through it. This is an opportunity to grow in a way that we have never, ever grown. Because God has placed us in a position that we have never, ever been placed in. And we stand on his promise that he will never put us in a place without a way out and that he won't provide for us. So we have his promise. We have his promises of his word to stand on. But we need to. Don't let this season be a season of fear. Let Jesus be the reason for the season. (laughs) All right. All right. I love it. I love it. This is what I love. Good laughter, roaring, and a joke at the end of a very serious sermon, right? That's okay. It's, it's wired in there now. It's like, boom, in your heart. And the Holy Spirit's like, mm, we're going to rub that down. <clears throat> Keep it in there. Antley busts out with a joke. Okay, let's stand.